Stay tuned for the Lynn Show. Today, I'm re-airing an interview I did in 2011 with Jimmy Clark, who was then part of the ensemble company in a production of 12 Angry Men at the Oslo Repertory Theater. Jimmy was a very long-time member of the Oslo Repertory Company, and many of us were lucky to see him bring many, many characters to life. I could describe Jimmy with the adjectives that were often used for him, outrageous, larger than life, charismatic, but as the song says, there ain't nothing like the real thing. And in this interview, you really do get a taste of the real Jimmy Clark. So hang on, here come the show. Hearing from an inner voice think you have to be, not the person that other people are, not the person somebody told you you needed to be or even told you you were, not even the person you may currently think you are, but the person you really are. I interview people who make their living or their life with an art. 
because when you listen to them, you can hear what it sounds like to be who you really are. In this interview, which is of course a memorial to Jimmy, you hear what it sounds like to be exactly who you really are. Jimmy is spontaneous, self-deprecating, guileless. <laughs> it's in his mind, it's out his mouth. And as a result, he is charming, delightful, interesting, compelling. But I don't have to say anything more because you get to hear it from the proverbial horse's mouth. Here now is Jimmy Clark. So I'm here with Jimmy Clark. Do you prefer James? Um, no. Do you prefer, you don't prefer, you don't care? No, no, it's, you know, it's just, some people call me Jimmy, some call me a lot of other worse things, you know. It's, when you introduce yourself, how do you say, what do you say? I, you know, I, I, I try not to be pretentious, so I, I say Jimmy Clark. Because uh, you think James would be? Uh, yeah, kind of, you know, uh, not, not really, but most people uh. make a, you know, some kind of difference between Jimmy and James and... And I, you know, my biggest thing in life is not to take myself seriously or anyone else. So, you know, I have to, I have a few yeah, rules I have to live by. I just interview people who make their living or their life with an art. And you're smiling. <laughs> I'm always smiling. <laughs> so, so that's why I'm interviewing you. Right. And um, I always ask people the same question, and that is, how did it happen? How did it find you? How did it start? How did you find it? Uh, what I do for a living? You acting? Yeah, um, you know, it's it's. I'd like to, you know, actually, the really the truth is, when I was a very young child, yeah, and I, I can still remember this being in the Bronx when I was a very young kid, and uh, and I probably was maybe five years old, and. Uh, and I remember watching the movie, A Midsummer Night's Dream, a James Cagney one, and just going, you know what, Mom? That's the world I want to live in. Yeah. Because it was just such a magical place, you know, and for a kid in the Bronx, you know, something magical was, <laughs> you know, that was really great. And I really forgot about that for the longest time. And then when I was in high school, um, I didn't do any homework in high school. But I went to a very advanced high school. And the teacher was very smart, because he knew I wasn't going to do homework. But he knew I liked to read. So he told me that, you know, right in the beginning that um, he didn't expect me to do any homework or, you know, or write papers or anything. <laughs> My God. He said, but if you read all the things I ask you to read, and I will ask you questions uh, to know if you did, I'll pass you. This is a brilliant teacher. It was. He was fantastic, Mr. Lynch. I'll never forget him. And he gave me a lot of advanced reading stuff to read, and, um, and uh, among them Shakespeare. And so... So you're reading Shakespeare in high school? Oh, yeah. Uh, since, you know, ninth grade. And, uh, and, and also all sorts of things. Faulkner, and you were talking about Epstein, Fitzgerald, and James Joyce, and all that kind of stuff. I mean, in high school, it was a really good advanced uh, high school education system. Of course, there was no theater. I played football and all that kind of stuff. And uh, so I just was exposed to great literature. And then, you know, when I graduated high school... <laughs> My mother told me that I was never going to work for a living. <laughs> Your mother told you that? Yeah, my mother. This was my high school graduating class speech. She said, you're never going to work for a living, Jim. So you have to figure out how to make a living as a bum. Because that's all you're ever really going to be. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, she was very smart. She yeah, knew. yeah. She she, knew. You were so lucky. 
to be surrounded by people who could see you. Well, I guess. I, I, I guess that's what it is, or, or I don't know. I, I just know that my mother knew me very well. Yeah, but it, it wasn't pejorative. It wasn't, you're a terrible person and you're never going to, you know. No. It was, no. this is who you are, use it. Right. You know? That's exactly what it was. And so I went to college, and of course I went to University of Arizona, which, you know, you just needed, like, you know, a library card to get in it. And then I got into the drama department, and as soon as I got in, I remember, because I remember coming back to Long Island to my mother and, and saying, you know what, Mom, I figured it out. I know what I'm going to do. And, you know, I told her, and she was like, yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, it's great. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't like, you know, she was disappointed that, you know, I wasn't, because she knew I was never going to do anything. No, she was glad you found it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not as happy as I was. Ah. You know, um, and, and that's the truth, because I'm very selfish, and uh, I always have been. I- I'm sorry, but that does <clears throat> not fit with what you were saying earlier about being sensitive to how other people hear things. Okay. The, the introduction of your name, you know, that, that you use Jimmy because other people uh, could be put off by James. Right. This, does not, this is not selfish, I'm sorry. Well, I, you know, it, it, growing up it was thought to be selfish because I was more consumed with what I was going to do with my life than, than making anybody else happy. Yeah, you know, this is a soapbox of mine. I'm so yeah. sorry. Yeah. I think the word selfish is really used badly and that it's appropriate for young people to be cons- interested in, in what... I, you know, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I never took it, like my mother always told me that and, and other people in my family and you know, that I was very self-consumed. And I was, because who else was going to It's age-appropriate. It's yeah. what you're supposed to do. Uh, yeah, exactly. Right. So, and I felt happy that I had figured out what I was going to do. And, and, and I always have been selfish in that way. I mean, I, I feel for my wife sometimes. I don't, you know, uh, a lot of times I'm consumed by what I do. And, and I'm, ha- I'm happy with that. Yeah. And, and other people, you know, sometimes other people need attention. And... And you're thinking about what you're worried they, about. They, and, they, and they have jobs, too, and just as consuming as yours is. And, uh, but yet you might not think so. And so, you know, I, I am aware of those shortcomings. And, you know, in terms of trying to be an artist, uh, it is very consuming. And you do have to find other things. There's no question about that. You know, I, I, um, I quite often, whenever I can, um, I interview couples both of whom make their life or their living with their art. Um, And that's a particularly um, special uh, kind of balancing act. But um, when artists are in relationship with people who are not also artists, that's a different kind of challenge. Yeah, well, somebody's got to pay for this mess. <laughs> You're doing it again. <laughs> you get this idea about yourself, and you just keep playing it. No, no, no. I, 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 hey, listen, I, I've, you know, in terms of money, I was, I've always contributed because I always have been doing this. Yeah, you know? well, you're, wor- you're a yeah. working actor, and for I God's used, sake. And I used to do television and, and, and stuff like that. Okay, so, so take me back. So, you, so you're in college. You, you find your home in the drama department. Yep. And then what happens? Um... Well, you know, it wasn't easy for me because I was from, you know, New York and the Bronx and, and uh, all of a sudden here I was with kids who had been doing this their whole lives and, you know, and, and they, you know, like, I'll, I'll tell you a very funny thing for me anyway. Uh, the first time I went to a drama class, uh, they had this teacher, Dale Luciano, and it was a Friday and I said, okay, on Monday, you all have to be prepared for um, a monologue, which you're going to do in front of the drama department. 
And everybody was like, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and so the class ended, and I didn't even want to say anything. I was like, what's a monologue? <laughs> I have no idea what a monologue is. So I said, well, you have to go get a play. And he get, told you this? You no, said, no, no. I asked somebody else in the class. Oh, I said, kidding. I said, yeah, because I didn't know. I, you know. So I said, what's it, you know. So they told me, you've got to get a speech out of a play. And uh, you're going to say it in front of the drama department. Now, I had never done anything like this. I mean, I'd done oral interpretation where, you know, like, you, you have a speech. And, and I used to get a rush on that, you know, uh, if you could just, like, read a little something and, you know, bullshit your way through it or whatever. And uh, so I, I really didn't think about, it. okay, Friday, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to do this monologue. And then, of course, Sunday came around, and I was like, I still didn't have a monologue or anything like that, and I was supposed to do it in front of the drama department the next day. So I... Sunday night, I was like, well, I got to do something. What am I going to do? So I went to the library. And I, had, I think it was like the second time I'd been to the library. So I didn't even know where to go in the library. So I started going through. And I found this play. Because I didn't know where the plays were. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm basically a retard. But uh, I, I find this play called Dial M for Murder. So I start reading it. And I'm going, you know, this is kind of cool and everything. But there's no speeches. I said, what am I going to do? So I said, okay, I'll play the cop, and I'll just ask questions and make believe they're answering me. Oh, you're kidding. No, I swear to God. <laughs> oh, my God. So <laughs> I do this, and like, I look at it for about an hour, and I go, well, I know the questions kind of. So finally, the next day comes, and now I'm getting a little bit nervous because I've never done anything like this. And, right. and I get up, and I see these kids, and I'm going, man, these kids are great. Yeah. They knew all the lot, you know, like, just knowing the lines made them great. It's a big great. deal. <laughs> <laughs> and they seemed confident, and I was going... Man, and, and like all of a sudden, you know, it was like my eye was coming, and I was going, man, I don't know if I should do this. And finally they called my name, and I, there had to be a couple hundred people there, you know, it was a big drama department. And I get up, and I start, and I say, okay, I'm doing a detective from uh, dialect from her, and I start these questions. And about three lines in, I don't know the next question. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know anything, right? And right. I'm sitting there going, okay, this isn't working out very well. So I stop, and I go, um, I'm sorry, I... I can I start over again? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Start over again. So the same exact thing happened, and I stopped. And I said, well, I, I guess I just don't know this well enough. And, and somebody just went... <laughs> and I swear, for the, like the next month, I was afraid. Anybody from the drama department, I was hiding behind trees. I was so embarrassed. And, um, and I thought, well, gee, I can't ever do that again. Wow. Yeah. That was probably the best thing that ever happened to you. I don't know if it was the best thing that ever happened to me. Well, but it, it, it put in perspective yeah. what you were going to have to do if you wanted this. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so as that progressed, you know, like the next couple of years, when, I, uh, when it came time for the Erdo auditions, which is what they had back then, and I think they still exist, uh, the guy who was the head of the program asked, you know, said I, he wanted me to do it, because they only, they only did two people from each department for the Erdos. So I went, and oddly enough auditioned and was accepted here at the Oslo. When was this? This is 1978. And so I went to the Oslo in 1978 to 80, and then when I graduated the Oslo, I became a member of the company. And I did this like a season and a half, and uh, also worked at Pittsburgh Public, and because uh, somebody from Pittsburgh had seen me in a show here. And I did Biff and Death of a Salesman, and... Um, That's a perfect, it's perfect casting for you. Yeah, and some uh, agents from New York came to see it, and one of them offered me, you know, uh, uh, himself to be my agent in New York. He was a very pretty famous agent, Michael Bloom. And um, I said, sure. So, like, when I went to New York, I mean, I didn't really have um, 
the hard times that a lot of young actors had. I mean, the second week I was in New York, I got a soap. Wow. You know, and Which I went, one? Uh, Ryan Soap. And I went from, you know, having no money to having... A lot of money. A lot of money. Not, yeah. not a ton, a ton of money, but... A, it was a lot of money. For me, it was, yeah, a, it was lot a lot of money. money. <laughs> you know, like, I... I oh, my I, God, you're back in New York. You're working at Soap. Yeah. Oh, that's... Wow. And yeah, and I mean, like, uh, well, I was 26. Wow. You know, I just got out of school here yeah. and doing a little bit of regional theater. And, um, and then my life changed, you know, from that point on. Um, you know, I could go out to dinner whenever I wanted to. I know. You know, and I could have an apartment in Manhattan, and right. I could travel. You could buy clothes if you wanted them. Yeah, right. exactly. Like, like, obviously, I don't. Like, don't really. But, yeah, my life became so much easier, and, uh, and that was just a miracle. And I think, you know, I don't, I, I don't know what I believe in, but I believe that I was not strong enough to make it in this business if I hadn't been lucky, because I know of so many people who have talent, who have worked their asses off and not gotten nearly as far as I did in the second week I was in New York. And I, I never had to look for an agent. I never, you know, so I don't know if there's another thing, if there's something else out there, but somebody helped me because I don't think I would have done it otherwise. Um, I'm going it's, it's interesting. I, I talked to Doug yesterday. We had the same conversation, and I had this conversation with most of the artists that I talked to. It's striking the, the, the sense that this was somehow meant, that you were somehow led, that this thing was prepared, that it was uh, something other than you. Well, that's very interesting because, you know, like I had a really tight friend, you know, who was still a really good friend of mine. And, and you know, I, this is when I was young and, and, and uh, I was doing soaps and television and stuff. And I said, well, you know, Billy, I believe in destiny. <laughs> and he said, well, you can afford to, <laughs> yes, to believe right. in destiny, Jim. Yeah, because it's been good to you, right? That's right. That's right. You know, so what, is, you know, what, what about the other people out there? And I was like, and then you, know, then you do hit hard times. I mean, it's not always, you know. No, but I'm talking about something else. I'm not actually talking about the success. Right. Although that can be a piece of it. I'm talking about the what led you to do it. Um, made it possible for you to do it. It's what you were talking about before, that, um, that you wouldn't have done it if these things hadn't fallen into place, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and that's actually what I'm talking about, that, that sometimes there's success in that and sometimes there isn't, but the, it's almost as though the universe has created a place for you in this. Well, it's interesting. I, you know, like I know some actors who truly love it all the time. Yes. They love performing. They love getting up in front of people, you know, they're just consumed by it and love it. Right. And that has never been the case for me. I find it much harder than a lot of people. Uh, I really don't like, you know, sometimes um, getting up in front of people and, you know, exposing certain things. Sometimes I don't. I mean, I have to do it because it's my job. And, and I can't tell you how many opening nights I went, God, I, I wish I could get out of this. <laughs> well, you know, I think, forgive me, but I, I think you're shy. Well, in a way. Yeah, I, you know, I can't. It's I know funny. you. I know we have this the Jimmy Clark persona and all yeah. that stuff, but that's not what I hear. You know. Yeah, it's not. No, it's not easy for me. I, no. I, I really am jealous of people who'd like. It's nothing for them. It's like falling off a log. And I and I you know, and I sit there and go, man, I wish it was. I wish it was that easy for me. You know, like I got to work my ass off. And and when you say you have to work, what do you mean? Do you mean you have to work at learning the the role, or do you think, or is it is all the work about actually getting yourself 
juice to go on stage. Uh, I think that's a lot of it, and, and, and where that comes from is just focus of, like, what are you, what are you trying to do as that character, you know, like... So uh, you get in it. Yeah, yeah, I almost have to hypnotize myself. I mean, I've got to, like, a lot of people can, like, talk to a lot of people and then just go on stage. Yeah. I don't talk to people, man. You know, like, I'm in a corner somewhere talking to myself. Talking to yourself, talking to the character, being it. Just being trying it. to figure out what do I want to do when I get out there? What am I, what am I trying to get from this person? What do I want, you know, and, and all those kind of things and trying, really, truly trying to focus. It's so funny because even the part, like, um, the husband in um, Contact. Contact. Uh-huh. I would walk back and forth the hall and just just think about what I wanted to do, and and, I'm, and I didn't have many lines. And right. it was funny because one of the guards who's right at the front there, this woman came up to me and she said, I, I, "I'm sorry, but I, I just have to ask you. You do this every day. What are you doing?" <laughs> oh, you're kidding! No, and I was sitting there and I look at I was going. What I, Part of me wanted to say, I'm trying to get away from people so nobody will so bother. Talk to me, right? Because <laughs> <So, laughs> they'll right. just see me walking down the hall right, talking right. to myself. But I said. What I really am trying to do is, is I'm just trying to see, think about what I want to do. Just what I want to do. And then trying to focus and do that. Um, and I have to really focus to do it. It's not like I just go out and do it. You know, it's like so many times people say, oh, you know, you're just having so much fun in that show. And it's just so easy. And I said, they're going, oh, man, no, it's not. It's yeah, not. but you, sh you should know that that's how it looks. Well, that's great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. But for me, it's not as easy as some people, but don't, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of actors who work, you know, who have to, like, focus as much as me. But then you meet one who doesn't, and you're like, oh, god damn, how'd you do that? You know, how do you, how do you just, like, like James Mason, I, I did this little thing with James Mason, he could do that. He could just, like, really? Yeah, he'd just go like that, and you go, man, that's just too cool. Do you, so do you think that it will always be like this for you? Yeah, because I've been doing it so long. I mean, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. You know, like if I do a show long enough, I can, I can, I can be it. I can do it pretty quick. You know, but well, but, I, but the problem here is that you don't really. Well, no, but once you get into a run and you're in there long enough, you know, you can. Uh, no, that's the hardest thing about here, and I think right. that's that to me is 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 the, is the thing that most people don't realize is how many shows we're doing. I'd like to talk a little bit about all the roles you're doing. Yeah. I mean, even in Contact, the, the two roles were so different, mm -hmm. right? I mean, the bartender and the husband. Right. I don't, you, you know, I mean... I don't even think about it. I, you know, like... Um, so when you, so you're walking up and down doing the husband, and then that's over, and you go out, and then you walk up and down doing the bartender? Well, no, actually, I would walk it up and down do the husband, and then... Uh, the after, bartender after is After the easier. bartender, I would just lay in the back and uh, listen to, you know, the other guy doing, uh, you know, the beginning of the second act. And I would just lay there and then just go, I'm just going to mess with him, man. You know, because that was what the character was doing. It was yeah. just like I was his alter ego and right. I was just right. playing games with him. So I just... I oh, was, but that's, so, that's easier for you. Well, it, it's a different character. It's a different thought. It's, you know, well, so that's interesting because what I hear you saying now is that some characters come more easily than others. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, I mean, now if I'm playing any city person, I, like I, I usually, yeah. you know, like I'm... Like... Uh, I play a lot of hearts. gangsters. Right, like the guy in yeah, Hearts. Yeah, like the guy in Hearts, uh, you know, or I play like, you know, really mad men and stuff like that. I really don't play a lot of really nice guys, which is fine because the bad guys are more fun. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting, people have, you know, a persona, you know, what they think your persona is. And, and I really don't think about, how, every occasion I sit there and go, well, how does this character stand? You know. You mean physically? Physically. Yeah. 
and you know, I'll think about differences that way, about how they walk and, and you know, just what they do for a living and, you know, um, but I don't really think about, uh, wow, this person is so much different than this one. I just try and... Every just single keep, one. Yeah, I just try and keep reading the play because I think everything good comes out of the script if it's a good script. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to, you can't impose your personality on a part. At least I can't. I, I want to give, give the author and the character a chance to be themselves. And so if you are true to that, I think that you will play a lot of different characters. You know, I'm not... Well, that's the... I mean, ideally, that is what an actor is, right? I mean... Yeah, but, you know, there are people who play themselves, you know, a lot of movies, you know, like through history, you know, that they play a certain part and that's all the... that's the only part they'll play. Yeah. We play... Everything. We play everything. Or we try to. I mean... Well, you get everything. I mean, you you are given everything to do. Yeah, we're given chances to fail in every direction. (laughs) You are... You are pretty self-deprecating. Did you know that? Uh, Well, like I said, the biggest thing in my life is I can't take people seriously. I I, I look around. How can you you take anybody seriously? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I'm a member of a country club right now, and I swear... (laughs) I'm sorry. I know. And the only reason I'm a member is because it's like where I live, and I get to play golf. I I can... But to listen to the people, I mean, how could I take people seriously? So what do you do with that? I mean, do you, are you nice? Well, no, I'm not. I believe you. I'm I not. understand this so well. Oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, I'm not. I, you know, like, I, I, it's interesting. I was, I was driving with my wife mm-hmm. the other day. We were driving up to Tampa, going to Ikea, which I, I didn't know what a terrible experience that was going to be. But, you know, I saw that, like, they had these big motor homes going up there. And Patty and I have traveled a lot. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was sitting there going... You know, Pat, I, I just don't think I could ever do a motorhome. She said, why? I said, because I said, I'm just not friendly. <laughs> I'm just not friendly enough. Right, right. I mean, you've you got to open yourself up. You go into those trailer parks right. and stuff, you know. You've got to, you need help and, and you, you need, you know. I, well, I was like, anyway, I could never do that. And anyway, that is really the, the point of it. I mean, people who yeah. do that, that's what they want. Yeah. Right. I couldn't do it. I mean, we, Patty and I did do it in Western Australia. We did it, and I was like... It was interesting, it was, you know, not that it was humbling because we met a lot of nice people, but, you know, a lot of times there were people like you sitting there going, man, this is the Wild West. I mean, you imagine what the Wild West was like in America, you know, 100 years ago. Well, that is the Western Australia. I mean, you're out there, motorcycle gangs, you know, yeah, yeah, just yeah, yeah, yeah. insane people. Right. Um, so, you know, and you've got to, like, you've got to open up to people. And that's not easy for me. No. So, so I, you know, talk about acting, yeah, you know, I, it's a little bit easier for me there because it's not me. Right. But, but, you know, I'm not really a nice person. I mean, you know what I mean? I'm not, like, overly nice. And I do, I do, <laughs> like... It's so funny. You are. You're incredibly nice. That's not... I think I know what you're saying, but, it's, but nice is not the right word. You're not available. You're not accessible. You're not interested. I don't know. Yes, all of those things. I'm yeah, just not. Right. I'm not. I'm right. Not. But that's got nothing to do with nice. Oh, it doesn't. No, I'm I, so I, sorry. No. Oh, I said You know, like I, 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 I know I have problems. <laughs> I think. No, you know what I mean. I, I know that. I, I go to that country club and I listen to people talk. I just can't believe that they're that that they're just consumed by themselves. They're so consumed. Yeah. With them. Yeah. 
And what they have and what they did and what they're getting and where they went and all and that. And how stuff, much right? they're giving away and this and that and right. how, you know. And I sit there and just go, man, just shut up and right. listen to yourselves. Right. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Right, yeah. You know, get in line, pal. Yeah. It's just hard for me to... Yeah. With people who have no consideration for other people. It drives me insane. And, I, I mean, like, I've had people tell me, just move over, man. And I sit there and go, excuse me, I've been here. What does that mean, just move over, man? Well, like on the driving range. Right. Like all of a sudden there'll be ten guys and they'll right. say, uh, can you move over? And I'll sit there and go, okay. And I got to the, got to the point, like this happening. Like, because they want all to be together? Well, yeah, and, and, you know, you're taking, you know, space. And all of a sudden, so I, I would move a couple of times. Then finally, like this one guy said something to me and I just was like... Bad. I was just bad. And I do that on a regular basis. Oh, tell me what you said. Oh, I, 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 I told him. What did I tell him? The guy was behind me. Of course, he wouldn't say anything to me. He's going, well, I guess, you know, I don't have any room in here. Oh, and, you're kidding. And I'm sitting there and I go, hey, listen, you really want to know what I really said? Yeah, I do. I said, listen, motherfucker, if you want me to move <laughs> over, just ask me. Yes. <laughs> just ask me. Yeah. Don't talk. Just ask oh, me. Oh, it's great stuff. So I move over and then I said, just don't hit me in the fucking head. <laughs> And the other friend, now the other buddy is right there. Right, he going. goes, hey, listen, pal, you are just an asshole. Oh, my God. And I was like, and great. And, and, and what are you, perchance? You know, it's just like, you know, like the, the, the little child, right? Yeah, yeah. He's going, we're nice guys. I said, yeah, we're I know. Nice I hear you guys. every day. I hear how nice you are every day. Did you really do this? This is terrific. Well, I, I, well I'm known for this. Oh, know? I see. So you have a reputation to uphold. Well, well I, you know, it's not that I have a reputation. It's just, it's just hard for me to... Yeah. With people who have no consideration for other people. It drives me insane. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's the, you know, the, you don't suffer fools. I know. And I hate to say that because I'm the biggest fool I know. So, like, I, you know, like... I, no, I, there's, there's foolishness and foolishness. All I know is I root for people and I like to be nice to people. I like to respect people. But I demand the same. That's not bad. I, I don't think it is. I mean, no. uh, I think I'd be further along in life if I didn't feel that way. Because, you know, uh, it's like I've always wanted to teach, you know, the university system. And, and my wife <laughs> said, Jimmy, you'll never get a job. You'll ne it'll never work out. It's like my mother again, right? Yeah, right. I said, why? She said, because you'll just tell somebody what you think. And, that's and, not, be, and, and they'll the, say, the, thank you very much. We don't want right, to. Right. And you, won't, you, know, you won't be involved in the politics. And, and you know, you, so you won't be able to do it. And, and she's probably right. But so have you, I mean, I mean, this is so obvious, but one does not have to teach within a system in order to teach. Well, I, I, you know, I taught um, in a professional setting in, in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. I was artistic director of a theater there. Where? Uh, called The Road Company in North Hollywood. Ah. NoHo. Oh, I loved L.A. I had a partner at the theater, uh, Taylor Gilbert, and her husband is a huge producer, so we had, like access to a million different things and you know and and I taught there uh -huh. uh, with professional actors right. and I had great satisfaction doing that but I've always wanted to have really the, uh, the reason I went to uh, the Oslo in the first place was because I wanted to teach a university system because I felt like what had happened to me at Arizona changed my life right. and I felt like I could share that yeah and I think that I can inspire young people to work a little bit harder, think a little bit more, you know, to realize if they want to be really good at this, mm -hmm. what they have to try and do. And um, so that was always my purpose. But it just never, I mean, I've only applied for two jobs. <laughs> I didn't get, yeah, and I didn't get either one. 
Um, one was at the University of Arizona, which they didn't even... I mean, like, I have a pretty good resume just yeah, because I've been yeah, doing this I for know, so right. long. Um, they didn't even get in contact with me, which makes me think they probably already had somebody in mind. And then I, another school I, I, I applied to was Duke. And, uh, and I, kn I knew they had a really good golf course. And, <laughs> and I figured it was really good, you know, it would be a beautiful campus yeah, and, yeah. and really smart kids. Yeah. And uh, so those are the only places I applied to. Because I don't want to go to, like, Iowa Oh, no, no, God I'm just, forbid. I I'm know. just not going. I know. I'm not going. I know. Uh, I, you know, you have to pay, but I think I've paid in other ways, you know. But anyway, that's what I wanted to do, but it just never worked out. And But I have taught on, you know, and, and it's interesting, you know, everybody, it's, it seems like it's competition, and, and art should never be competition. Art is art. Art is trying to be better at what you do. It's trying to communicate more to, you know, it's trying to tell the truth. And when competition and jealousies become involved in teaching and stuff like that, that's a big turnoff to me. So, well, you don't fit the mold, any no. mold. No, I really. don't. Really, right? <laughs> and unfortunately, you live in a society that's only really comfortable with with people who fit in whatever whatever yeah. mold it is. You know that that because then they can anticipate, they know what to expect from you. Right. That you know they're not surprised, they're not put off balance. Right. In the, um, the yeah, the I got that. Table. I got that club in my bag, you know. It just and it comes out. So essentially, what your mother said was exactly right. That you have to figure out a way to write your own script. Yeah, because uh, I'm definitely living a different life. There's no question about that. Yeah. And and again, that brings me back to the idea that I find myself so interested in that for some people the thing makes itself possible. Because if I'm right about you, and you don't fit the mold, you don't have the script, whatever the hell it is, you needed the world to make a space for you. Um, it's, it's what you said, you know, people work and work and work and work and work, and they don't get anywhere, right? Well, you didn't even know how to do that, work and work and work and work and work. But a space got made for you somehow, right? Yeah. It's... it's like I said, I, I feel so fortunate, and I think, you know, that, that's what I feel for most people. They don't have a calling, not that I want to call it a calling, but, you know, just, just for lack of a better word. Um, they don't have, you know, when I figured out what it was, I figured it out. That's right. You know, it was, so it was easy in a sense. Yeah, you knew I what, what, I you know what it was, right. I know what I want to do. You, and no, no, you know, you know, the theme of my show is um, discovering who you really are and then trying to become it because I think most people are not. And the reason I interview artists is because, at least in that area of their life, artists are who they are. You can't do this in this culture unless, <laughs> unless it's really who you are. And so what I think happened is you found who you were. Not what you wanted to do, but actually who you were. You were an actor. Yeah, well, you know, it's true because... Um I don't do, like I said, I don't do this because I like it. I don't do this, I don't do it because for money. Because it's easy? No. I don't do it for it's easy. I do it because it's what I do. Yes, it's who you are. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like, you know, when I was doing plays in, in Los Angeles for free, it wasn't like, oh, I got to go do this play. I got to be busy. I got to, it's just what I do. It's just, you know, like, I, I don't know what else to do. And, 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 all, and all of the artists say that. All yeah. of them do. And one of the reasons, again, that I interview artists for the show is because when I talk to people who have this, 
it's demonstrable, it's clear, it's obvious what it's like to really be yourself in any area of your life. I mean, because actors are not necessarily, see, I think you're yourself everywhere, but not everybody is. Um, and it's, it's my hope that people who are out there pretending to be who they're not, who haven't found it, will hear what it sounds like when you are mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. and know that it's possible. It's possible because I think, I mean, I think your life is really interesting because so many people have the experience of demonstrating something about themselves and then having that squashed. Don't do that. Don't be that. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? That's not right. But from the beginning, you had the acceptance, really, of, from your mother that this was who you were. And then you had that incredible teacher who didn't want to lay on you, no, that's not right. You're not the stereotype. Do it differently. But wanted to let you be who you were. Yeah. I mean, really. Well, I was really fortunate with teachers. You know, I had a couple of those. I had, like they said, Mr. Lynch with literature. And then when I went into theater in Arizona, this guy, Bill Prosser, who was just fantastic. And really changed my life more than anybody. And you have those people in your life that make a huge difference. In if you have them. If you have them. If, and, and I have had them. You yes, know? Like, you I, like I said, that's why I wanted to get into teaching. I felt like I could, I could do that for somebody. I could allow them to be themselves. It's not too late. Yeah. No. Yeah. Well, no, it's not. It's just, it's, it's just uh, I'm the laziest man alive. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's such Well, no, no, it's true. I mean, I am. I, 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 <sighs> I go to what's easy. You know what I mean? It's I like do. I'm water. I'm just, I'm just going where the crack is. Yeah, but you know what's so interesting about that is that the cracks opened up for you. You could because they did, you know? Yeah, I, I, you know, like I haven't... It's just hard, you know, in a way, it's just hard sometimes people really... When you are yourself, Yes. a lot of people can't take you seriously. In another context. Yes, exactly. Yes. And, that, and that's like one of the hard things for me is a lot of people can't take me seriously because... Because you come off in this sort of... Yes. Flipping... Smart-ass way. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Whatever it is. I, I don't yes, know. Yes. Oh, you do know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so like I know it's hard, you know, like even this place, you know, I mean, like it's, I, I, it's very hard for people, everybody to take me seriously here. Not on stage or anything like that, but as a human being... <laughs> you, you want to say something more about that? No. <laughs> No, and you've, you know, been, you know, you've been so amazingly candid on what? No, you know, well, I, you know, it's funny. You know, you're a blushing, lot of times when you're I... You're blushing, you know that. Uh, no, I don't, well, I don't know anything. Um, that's, not, that's not even close to true. <laughs> I, do, I, knew, I do know that yeah. the less I talk, yeah. the better I do. Ah. Do you know what I mean? I do. I and, do. Uh, and that's usually my policy. But since this is such a weird, you know, interview or whatever it is... Uh, you know, I, I, I know I'm not going to be reading it in the paper tomorrow. No, you won't. Because that's the thing. Is I, I, I and I will like, send this to you if you like, and you can decide what you don't want me to have in. Well, no, I, I, it's pretty much, I don't think I've done any lying. No, you haven't. No, no, you haven't. <laughs> it's just the opposite. Yeah. But what's so interesting about what you just said about, you know, when the less I talk, the more, the, the better I do. I think that has much less to do with you. I'm just going to make the same point that I'm making over and over again. Then it has to do with the culture. The, the culture has this idea about who we should be. Well, it just seems like they, you know, a lot of times people want to get you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? They just want to get you. And, 
you could say something. I mean, like that's what kills me about television. You know, you say one wrong thing, uh, and that's all they dwell on. Yeah. I mean, whether it's Obama, well, whether it's do you mean, it is. when you say gotcha? Do you mean as in gotcha, or they want to understand you? No, they got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Listen, uh, listen to what they oh, right. you oh, know. Right. Yeah. and that determines who you are. Well, no, it doesn't. No. But people want to make it that. People want to put people. In, in a box. In a box and say, this is who you are. And I'm sorry. That's, it's much more complicated than that. That's like, you know, like when I read in the paper, oh, this person did this and th therefore they're this. I don't believe that. Yeah, but you're, you're, you're probably a minority of one. Probably. And I think that's the saddest thing in the world. I do people, too. You know, people can judge other people without even spending five minutes with them. You should teach. You should teach. Because this is a gift that not very many people can offer. I mean, I know I, you're a wonderful actor, Jimmy, and you would be a wonderful acting teacher. But this gift, the gift to encourage people to be all of themselves and not to start pruning the things that they don't think will work or that other people don't like, that's an amazing gift. Well, I think a lot of people, you know, it's interesting because I was going to uh, direct this thing last year, you know, late night project, and I was talking to some of the young actors, and I was like, don't, don't make any decisions yet. You don't have to. Just keep reading it and, and let it come to you. Don't impose what you think it's about. Figure out what it's about, and then, then you got some place to go. And it was so hard for a couple of people, you know, that I worked at. The project didn't end up coming off. But I just felt like these people don't trust themselves. That's right. And why should they? Because from the beginning, somebody was saying, this is who you have to be. This is what you shouldn't do. Don't do this. What are you doing? Who do you think you are? Yeah. And I, I think that's an inherent problem, you know, uh, with school and graduate programs and everything else. Is and parenting. Saying, Hello. Yeah. And everybody's saying, well, you know, you, 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 they'll criticize this. They'll criticize that. They'll criticize that. But they don't say, hey, you know what? That was really great. No, that's right. That was great. Think about this a little bit. That's not what I hear. I hear, oh, you know, this sucked, blah, 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 you know, and, and people end up beating themselves up and, and you know, and, and become defeatist and instead of saying, you know, instead of giving us some encouragement and saying, listen, that was really good. Why don't you think about this? Why don't you think about that? Uh, it's mind-boggling. And, it, you know, in my business, I see that with so many directors. Really? Especially with young actors. You can destroy a young actor, a director. Yeah. You know? Uh, they'll say things like, and, okay, uh, this scene, I need you to cry. And they'll say this in front of the whole cast, young actor, who's, you know, he's got talent, but, you know, is on the line. Right. And all of a sudden they'll be like, really? And the director will say, yeah, you know, right here, I want you to break down. And, okay, so then you have 15 people in the rehearsal hall. Okay, let's go. <laughs> and all 15 people are waiting for this person to, to, cry. to cry and do all this. And I, I sit there and go... How stupid. Right. How stupid. Why don't you just go up to the person? Right. Why don't you just take them aside and say, hey, listen, you know what? You've got to go a little deeper here, man. What's, ha what's actually happening at this moment? What can you equate it to in your own life? That's how important it's got to be. It's got to be that important. Go deeper. Go deeper. And then nobody's watching. Nobody's, nobody feels right, this right, pressure. And, right, right, but right. I see that so often. I sit there and go, you know, like, how did you get, how did you get this job? <laughs> because, but, because they were, they knew how to 
to look this stereotype. Well, I, I think, um, oh God, I, I should just shut up. And, and that's basically all I have to say. All right. Okay. <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I am very grateful for um, your willingness to be as open as you are. And I think you absolutely should teach. I think you should give this away. I think this is a gift that you know is not out. <laughs> most people aren't giving it, and so most people aren't getting it. Yeah, I, I, I really, it's so unfortunate when I see, you know, people, I just feel like there is a key, and if you could just help yes, them. Yes, find it, and that would be who they are. Yeah, in all different ways. Not just, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of acting students come through here, and 90%, over 90%, are never going to be a professional actor. But I can't tell you how many of them turn into just incredible people because they have exposed themselves to, to other things, to thinking what other people, where other people are coming from. Yeah. So it, it isn't always, this is the way I am and, you know. Like, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, you know, you should, you know, like, you should get out of my, my way. way. <laughs> well, no, maybe I shouldn't. Maybe you should ask me to get out of your way, you know, or maybe, maybe you know, it, it's just amazing to me. It, Given just a little bit of encouragement how far people can go, and if you can just clue into that. Yeah. All right, so I'm, know, gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm boring myself by saying yet again that it would be wonderful if you could find a way to give some of this away. Yeah, well, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank yeah. you very much. This was great. Yeah, I, like I said, I, I usually do better when I say less. <laughs> I, I don't think that's the truth. I, I, think, I think that the chances are good that other people are more comfortable with you when you say less. But I don't think it has anything to do with you being better. Yeah. Well, I just do better. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Bye. So, I interview people who make their living or their life with an art because not, not only can you hear what it sounds like to be who you really are, but it is my hope that listening to people like Jimmy Clark encourages anyone who is not being who they really are to wonder why and think about whether they can become more like the extraordinary Jimmy Clark. Of course, Jimmy had a mother who encouraged him to be his very self. He had teachers who helped him become more and more of who he is. Jimmy was lucky to have such encouragement. We were lucky that Jimmy had such encouragement. Jimmy Clark, a one of a kind, a singleton, who is of course very missed. So, as always, I hope you got something from this show that you can use, something that will bring you back, because I will be back, and as always, I sure hope you will be, too. You see, I'm getting older My hair is turning gray Oh, you see my face and figure I've both seen better days Well, I won't be retiring I won't slip out of sight No, I will not go gentle into that good night I won't go with a whimper I am going 
like some goddamn boomerang. No, I won't go with a whimper. I am going with a bang. You see that I have had my shot. My time has come and gone. Oh, won't I please get off the stage? Let. Someone else get on. Well, I, I won't be relegated or leave without a fight. No, I will not go gentle into that good night. Got some tang, so you won't hear me simper. I may have got to. 